News Radio 680 WPTF. This is Aging Matters, Care and Comfort That Surrounds You. I'm Jason Kong, and this show is made possible through the support of Transitions Life Care. And thank you, Cooper Linton, for your support and being a part of the show as always. Thrilled to be here this evening. And you've got uh, your son here in tow who's just I, mystified I by what we're doing. It is take your son to the radio station day. That's yeah. how this works. He's I, waving in the background. He is uh, so excited to be here on a Saturday night. And uh, and the decaffeinated Nicole Bruno with Transitions yes, Guiding Lights apparently, is here. Yes, apparently uh, I've been a little bit cranky and crabby this evening. So I'll, Never. I, I promise I'll get better. No, no. You're, you're still just as sweet. And... <laughs> Uh, you know, we're we're always talking about caregivers on this show and some of the uh, the the uh, challenges that present them. And you know, we've talked a lot about diagnoses and living situations and how complicated that can be. And the subject today, uh, at least part of the subject for this show, is medical equipment. And I can imagine that dealing with a diagnosis or being a caregiver, that's it's one of the last things that you're probably thinking about. But it's incredibly important and something that you should be aware of. Absolutely, Jason. You can't use what you don't have. And we need experts to help us understand what types of equipment are available, how do we access them, how do we pay for them. Uh, And today we have an expert on the subject, and that is Willis Godwin. He is with Family Medical Supply. He's the store manager uh, in Dunn, North Carolina. And Family Medical Supply has a number of locations and services, a very large area uh, that overlaps with this listenership. And So we asked Willis if he would join us today and just have a discussion with us regarding medical equipment and all the facets of that. Welcome. Cooper, thank you so much. Glad to be here. I'm glad you came on the show. Can we start off with what is medical equipment? Because I've heard all sorts of acronyms, DME, HME. Walk me through this from the 10,000-foot level. We love acronyms and abbreviations (laughs) on this show. We're the acronym killers here. They they are basically the same thing. One is stands for durable medical the other one stands for home medical which basically means it's equipment that may or may not be hospital grade but will do the same things that that equipment in the hospital does it goes home with you it is rented uh on most cases rented there are some that are purchased but it goes home and is a, you're able to you're able to use it at home um and get the same amount of care that you would at the hospital such as oxygen or or a, a wheelchair you know, if you need a wheelchair in the in the hospital and you need a wheelchair to go home, that wheelchair goes home. That is durable medical equipment. And I think those listening, you know, most people I think listening today are familiar with durable medical equipment. They probably just didn't think of it in that way. I mean, simply if you ever twisted your ankle and you were on crutches, or that's exactly you right. know, yes. or you needed a sling. I mean, all these adaptive pieces of equipment are things that we use, and, and I think most people encounter at some point in their lives, but you just probably have a higher incidence as you get older. That's exactly right, yes, um, unless you play sports. And yeah, it is, I'm yeah. starting to see a lot of those <laughs> spring know, right? activities right? coming. Uh, people That's why you need Aflac. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> that's right, that's right, or a very nice supplement. Anyway. Yeah, that's right. But, but that's exactly right, yes. It, it, it's And it can, it can run the gambit from a simple arm sling mm-hmm. to a – um, to a ventilator. So, mm-hmm. so when I say it run, runs the gamut, it really does. It, it's everything in between that, from a simple sprained ankle to someone who's, you know, uh, who is bed bound and needs a ventilator twenty four seven. So, in practical terms, can you give us some example? You've talked to sling, you've talked ventilators. What are some other things that people need to associate with this? But well, you have your walkers, um, you have your crutches, you have. Rollators. Rollator is a, is a very technical term for a rolling walker. Uh, 
it's kind of like that. Sometimes they have the tennis balls on the back and the wheels in the front. Is that that, the, that would be a walker. Okay. A, a rollator actually has four wheels oh, with yeah. a seat, a basket. So, so you've kind of gone into the Cadillac. Okay, we, we've left the we left the small Ford Pinto. Sorry, Ford fans, but you know <laughs> the old Ford Pinto. We've left that and we've really graduated up. And, and these are the ones that you see. They're color coordinated. You know, they they have all this. They have the bells and the whistles. They have a a, a place on it for your coffee. If you have coffee, Nicole would like one this <laughs> yeah, evening yes. immediately. So, <laughs> yeah, um, grande size, but uh, so it, it does that. It's also scooters, uh, power chairs. So if you you really start to to go into that aspect of things, um, you know, continuing with the mobility aspect. So you you go from crutches to walkers to wheelchairs to power mobility, um, and then then you get into the um, to the clinical side, which is more of your uh, CPAPs, your ventilators, your oxygen, that sort of thing. So, okay, I can walk into your store and say, I'd like a CPAP today. Or is it as simple as that? Or or are some of those things as simple as that? Or are some of those things more complicated? It's as simple as that, but you can't get it. <laughs> so you can say <laughs> you want I can say it. what I want. You can say what you want. I want a coffee right now. Yes, Make it materialize. Exactly, Come on. exactly. Um, <laughs> So, so yes, there are some things that you can get without a prescription. Uh, you can pay for a walker. You can pay for um, a sling. You can pay for anything like that. But when you start dealing with anything that is prescribed, that is that is set with a leader float, or a doctor has to set a a percentage for you to be at, that's when we have to have a prescription. So a CPAP. You can come in and say, hey, I need a CPAP. How do you know you need a CPAP? No, what's the CPAP? See, here's another acronym that we're throwing around. Walk me through what is a CPAP. Uh, so a CPAP stands for a CPAP stands for Continuous Passive uh, Airway Pressure. Okay, so what it does, in a nutshell, um, when we go to sleep at night. These or, are for the apnea patients. So the exactly, thing you see commercials if, for all the time, sleep apnea. apnea. Yes. yes. So, so your airway closes down. Okay, um, which causes a lot of people to snore, uh, that sort of thing. So in, if that's the case, uh, a lot of times your O2 levels will drop because of that. Mm-hmm. Well, what this machine does is it continually blows air, so it keeps that airway open. Mm-hmm. Well, I may be at a 4, you may be at a 12, you may be at an 18. Mm-hmm. Who determines that? <laughs> How is that determined? That's determined in a clinical study. So, you know, you mentioned a lot of these things. Um, you can just walk in and purchase. Um, I suspect, though, that some of these things, if you actually had a prescription, you may be able to get some in, in coverage for it. You know, I know a lot of people will go to the big box store and buy a walker or a cane, but the reality of it is, is if you got a doctor's order, isn't it potentially something that you may not have to be paying for out of your pocket? Yes, yes. The question, the, the thing with that is, though, you have to ask. Years ago... You know, someone would walk in with a prescription and say, here, my doctor gave me this, and it's covered. That is no longer the case. Um, so the way it was is not the way it is. Oh, Used absolutely. To, the coverage was easier to obtain and broader than it is now. Is that a fair statement? Yes, that is a very fair statement. So our listeners really have to have be a little more refined as a consumer in this now. Yes, and, and I will tell you, uh, you, you know, you said that um, I, I consider myself not an expert, maybe a professional, because I don't – the shifting sand of the insurance industry is on an, it seems like an hourly basis, but it is literally daily. So what your, let's say your Medicare coverage used to cover two or three years ago, or even six months ago, 
it, it no longer covers. If it does cover it, okay, what you used to get with a prescription, now you have to have documentation that backs that up. You have to have in the doctor's written notes why you need that piece of equipment. And a lot of times we will still get patients that even though they have a prescription, their notes, what the doctor has in the notes, doesn't qualify. So the insurance company says, I'm not paying. So it's not as simple as my doctor says I can have it and Medicare is not going to cover it. No, not at all. All right. And I think that is a shift for folks. And this is really part of Medicare tightening down their control on what they thought was explosive growth in the equipment industry. Now, part of that is we've had, as we talk about on this show, 10,000 people a day hitting the Medicare rolls. There's explosive growth just through the very demographic shift of our industry. Uh, so I think Medicare has made it more complicated, and the consumer really needs to have a more in-depth discussion with their physician prior to just showing up at the equipment store. Absolutely. Absolutely. What I'd love to get into a little bit more after the break has to do with, I think there's been some explosive changes in the types of equipment available to the consumer. I think what people are wanting has really changed over at least 20 years of my career. And I think we're probably going to see a lot more uh, having to do with that in, in putting technology into our equipment. Would you agree? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, and we'll get into that in just a bit. Our guest is Willis Godwin of Family Medical Supply, and we're having a very thorough discussion on medical equipment, and we'll continue that discussion in just a bit. You're listening to Aging Matters, Care and Comfort That Surrounds You, a service of Transitions Life Care, which was founded as Hospice of Wake County. And you can always find them online at transitionslifecare.org. This is News Radio 680 WPTF. News Radio 680 WPTF. This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. Jason Kong here, Nicole Bruno with Transitions Guiding Lights, Cooper Linton with Transitions Life Care, and our guest this week is Willis Godwin of Family Medical Supply. And we're having a discussion on medical equipment. And Cooper, you are uh, you're, you're the, obviously the technology expert. You came in on a hoverboard, right. and we're going to talk about technology and medical equipment because, uh, you know, we're, we're in an age where it seems like new technology is being added to everything at this point. You've got smart coffee makers. I mean, it, and we're, we're going to see it, just how much this is bleeding over into the medical equipment field. Well, I may be part uh, Luddite in my <laughs> approach to, to technology, but whether we are rapidly embracing of technology or whether we're more of those that get pulled into it, we can't deny the fact that our world is being totally impacted by technology, wireless components, and we're hearing some pretty exciting things uh, in the media about preparing for the silver tsunami, that aging demographic, and using technology to approach that. And some of that's futuristic, and we can chat about that in a minute, but uh, Willis, during the break, was sharing with us just some of the realities of, of the current now, uh, what's available now for consumers and caregivers. Uh, and you were talking a little bit about the CPAP machine, that uh, continuous passive uh, device that helps us not snore is what most of us associate it with, but it's really to have better breathing at night. And there's some technology in that that I did was unaware of. Could you school me? How about that? <laughs> so um, so uh, probably... About a year and a half ago, um, ResMed came out with their newest device, which is and that's a brand ResMed manufacturer. Yes, sir. Um, and it's called a AirSense 
uh, 10. Um, and what this does, it, it's a, a CPAP machine, really, that plugs into the wall just like they all do. However, this has a wireless transmitter, like a cellular transmitter, so that not only can we, at 9 o'clock, at 9 a.m. every day, it does an automatic download. So we can go in. Not only can we go in and see what you did last night, see if you had mask issues last night, see how many apneas you had last night, see what your pressure was last night. Not only can we do that, but we can set it up where your doctor can go in and see that. So prior to go, getting a CPAP, people typically go in and get a sleep study. They go somewhere else, and people watch them and put monitors on them and, and then ask them how they slept. Now, if you put me in a strange place and I think people are watching me all night, I'm probably not going to sleep that well. It's <laughs> kind of like a, a creepy movie. But you're suggesting that, that some of the elements of a sleep study – can actually be performed at my home and digitally transmitted to my doctor? Yes. It, when I say that, it, it's not so, you, of course, you don't have all the lead wires and that sort of thing, the, the brain activity hooked up. But as far as the pressure goes, um, and these machines are super, super sensitive. Um, we, I used to tell people, you know, five years ago, this is the smartest machine that will tell on you, and it will tell me whether you've cut it on and laid it down or if you actually used it. Well, now they've gone a step further because not only can I go in and see how you performed, but I can tell if you had a mask leak. If you, if you did, um, I can call you and talk to you and say, hey, listen, here's what we need to do. Or come into my store, let's let you work with a, a respiratory therapist, uh, and let's see if we can get that fixed better. However, the doctor, what the doctor can do is look at it and say, okay, you're still having, um, you're still having apneas. So maybe we need to change your pressure. So we can remotely change your pressure from either our store or uh, the doctor from the doctor's office. And we use the term apnea, and we use that a lot in the last – we've used that a lot in the last few minutes. What does that essentially mean? How many times you actually wake up or stop breathing? So you have a rhythm when that rhythm stops. When something causes you to stir, to cough, to move, to – um, stop breathing in, in most effects, but there's a stoppage in that natural progression. So you don't need to be a doctor to know that breathing is probably important. <laughs> I, I would, yes. Yeah. Stopping it for long periods of time is not good for you. Absolutely right. not. So, so this is a critical piece in, in having your physician able to uh, see where the issues are. And then you touched on something. You, you said, you know, people, we talked earlier about people coming into your store for equipment. Well, you just talked about there being a respiratory therapist in there. Yes. Um, so at most of our stores, um, in fact, all of our stores have access to a respiratory therapist. This is a clinician who, who actually can come in, <coughs> excuse me, actually come in and work uh, with you um, in, in making sure everything is set just right and just perfect. Like I said, you know, there are some things we can do. I don't need help to show you. Um, Medicare doesn't care if I show you how to use a walker. But when I start really getting into uh, controlling your apneas uh, and working with you through a CPAP, they really like to see someone who's got a clinical background. So we do have access. A lot of our stores even have one that's there uh, full full time. So they're there all day. It's just a matter of setting up uh, 
an appointment with them to come in and see them. You said, you know, Medicare doesn't care if you show me how to use a walker. However, I know that there's a big difference in going to, with a local community store versus buying something online where you might save 20 bucks, but the reality of it is your walker may not, you don't know how to adjust it to your proper height. You know, maybe you notice if I was using that walker, I wasn't still walking properly with it. So maybe that's not the best choice for me. You don't get that when you buy something online. So I think there's a lot to be said. There's a lot of extra perks when you can get that personal touch. A- absolutely, there is. Um, I tell people this as they come in my store. I try to make it as light as possible. Mm-hmm. That's just me. But I tell them, I said, you don't, you don't drive, you don't buy a car without test driving it. Right. You don't. You know, you may used to. Uh, you would say, oh, my grandfather had this. But you know something about that before you buy it. We want you to come mm-hmm. in our store. We want you to try our equipment, whether it's a walker or a wheelchair. Right. We want to show you the correct way to do it. Well, <coughs> on the bottom line, people are going to be using these pieces of equipment every single day. They're going to become part of their person. And, so, and they're going to give them the ability to remain as independent as they possibly can, you know, based on whatever's going on in their physical condition. So it is, it's, to me, more important than your car. I mean, this is Absolutely. basically comes in, becomes an extension of you. It, it, it does. And, and just as that piece of equipment is there to help you, it can hurt you if you're using it wrong. Oh, yeah. Um, I've, I've had people... Older people have come in for crutches. Mm-hmm. Well, they would put the crutch way up into their arm, so it's mm-hmm. really just killing their rotator cuff. They don't realize the damage they're doing to their shoulders because all of their weight is sustained on, on just their shoulders. Mm-hmm. So we try to teach them, hey, d- that's not where it belongs. Let's bring it back down. Let me show you the right way, the correct way to do that. And we'll actually walk them around the store in it to make sure, hey, you're working, you're using this correctly. So when our physical therapists go out to a home, and they walk in, they often find out there's existing equipment in the home. The family has already uh, purchased a walker, and we ask them, can you show it to us? They say, absolutely, no problem. I know exactly where it is, and it's folded up behind the bedroom door. It's not doing a lot of good folded up behind the bedroom door, and it's usually because they got frustrated with the piece of equipment and decided they were better off without it. Typically, it's a training issue. And so how do you address that so that people actually understand how to use what they've now purchased? Well, for me, it's just for my store and my staff. It's it's really just because you've done it for so many years. The other thing with using us, you know, we'll teach you. We'll work with you. Um, we'll have someone show you. However, it just doesn't end that day. We still have people that come back and say, listen, I'm not doing something right. It's not doing – can you walk me through it? Absolutely, we can. <clears throat> and depending on the equipment, you know, we send our techs out. You know, our techs are trained. Uh, we go, they go through training just like we go through training. It's a continual cycle of training. So we learn, okay, there are better ways to do this. But we don't just end it at the purchase. Let's work it because we, I want you to come back. And if I've, if I've sold you something and you use it for three weeks and you never use it again, um, you're probably not going to come back to see me because I've not helped you. So if you'll come back, if, if we open that dialogue, that, that connection, and you feel like, hey, I'm having trouble, I can call Willis or I can go to the store, and you actually meet with that person, that's what we want because that's when it changes. Our guest is Willis Godwin of Family Medical Supply. You can find uh, more information about them at familymedsupply.com. 
continue our discussion here on medical equipment, and we're going to get into uh, some of the things that uh, Family Medical Supply has done and some of the challenges that uh, some of, some natural disasters, Hurricane Matthew, has presented for them. And uh, or it's, it's going to be a great discussion that we'll continue here on Aging Matters, Care and Comfort That Surrounds You, a service of Transitions Life Care. You can find them online at transitionslifecare.org. This is News Radio 680 WPTF. You're listening to News Radio 680 WPTF. This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, uh, service of Transitions Life Care. Cooper Linton, Nicole Bruno, I'm Jason Kong here, uh, of course, representing Transitions Guiding Lights and Transitions Life Care. And our guest this week is Willis Godwin of Family Medical Supply. And we've been having a very thorough discussion on medical equipment. And Cooper, we were kind of getting into during the break that uh, it's, it's great to have this equipment and uh, it's, it's good when things are going well well, the services that Family Medical Supply provides, but uh, when when there's an emergency or when uh, it, it, the power goes out and you've got something supplying oxygen, that could be very problematic. Well, f- the reality is many of the families that are using this equipment are dealing with very fragile situations. Uh, and so we, we're rapidly focused on the stuff. We want to talk about walkers and wheelchairs and scooters, and, and those are the things that immediately come to mind. But there's a component of service that is critical for the caregiver and their loved one's experience. And part of this is having some peace of mind. And and, and in a state where we have hurricanes, um, we have ice storms, we can't seem to get a really good snow. We seem to instead just have this sloppy, (laughs) messy, nasty ice or 15 inches of rain. Um, People get very concerned and uneasy about – how prepared are they? And during the break, you were touching on this, Willis, about the role that your organization has in working with families in preparation for this and during these kind of natural crises. Right. Um, so when we set up oxygen, one of the things we do is we give, uh, you know, depending especially on their airflow, or the, the flow rate that they need, if it's two liters a minute, three liters, whatever, um, whatever's prescribed, um, so we will give them an M tank, which is essentially 28 and a half hours. An M? Like the letter it's M? A, like a letter M. Uh, it, it's a large steel or aluminum tank uh, that will give them a continuous use of oxygen, uh, of oxygen, so a continual supply. So basically the power goes out. They're able to take their tubing, take it off the concentrator, plug it straight into the uh, M tank, and turn it on. Well, they have about 28 hours worth of oxygen. So it's hopefully during that time the lights come back on. That's in the the best okay, the best possibility. So so what you can't sit on it and bang it and, and it can propel you out of the emergency situation. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> I not was at thinking all. that might be fun. No, no, no. Not at no, all. No. We, we we bring these in, they're in their own they're in a corner there in their own stand. We make sure it's not gonna fall over, that sort of thing. To simplify this, so a concentrator runs off of power. It essentially makes oxygen out of air. The, 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 it the purifies air that's the, in the air that's in, that's in there and concentrates it down. That's and right. what you're talking about is a self-contained gas canister <laughs> filled with compressed oxygen. That's Are you correct. sure this is safe, right? It is very safe. Yes, okay. Sir. Just I've, checking. <clears throat> I would, I'll go into this. Uh, it's not where you want to go. Um, 
of all the home fires we've ever gone to that we've had equipment in there, I have yet to have one oxygen tank shown explode. I've never had it. And that's been our experience as well. But we also know that sometimes people have an unreasonable fear yes. of these tanks as opposed to understanding this is actually there as a safety mechanism for you. That's, a, that's exactly right. The first thing they see is this huge missile. Exactly <laughs> like I said, That's right. It's loaded with gas. You know what's going to happen. And that's, that's not it at all. And, and when we take that into the home, we go through these procedures. Okay. First off, we, we show you, and we make you sign. I mean, so it's we want to make sure you understand. The problem is we may not need it for four or five and months. And then it's so kind then of foggy what? then. That's right. Exactly. How, how, what did he say? Call us. So your phone's blowing up. Exactly, yes. Out. And then in recent times when we had that hurricane that came across the land and we got 15 inches of rain, I can well imagine, because that was more than 28 hours worth of time without power. Yes. What did you do? We, we were, and I was telling you during the break, um, between the Dunn store, the Lillington store, the Fayetteville store, Clinton store, because it was much worse, much worse southeast, um, we were probably working 13 and 14 hour days. We would work, we would take tanks out as long as there was sunlight, because of so many roads being out, trees down, washed away, whatever. We could not work after dark because we just didn't know a lot of these roads. You know, we we weren't taking the direct route anymore. We were having literally. To use the old saying, we were having to go around our elbow to get our thumb. Uh-huh. So you're 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 taking this equipment out. You're taking these oxygen tanks out to keep people with oxygen flow. How do you how do you get there? I mean, there, there's been a hurricane. The roads are flooded. Um, f- for me, um, there's a new app. You know, we were talking about electron uh, uh, technology. Um, so I was using a new, a new app to try to find out that was tied in with the North Carolina DOT. I get in, I happen, the sheriff of Harnett County happens to be a good friend of mine. I was able to call the sheriff's department and say, tell me what roads are out. Where can I get to? Okay, this road is out. How do I get there? And he, he seriously led me straight to his deputy and said, when you get there, this guy will take you another route. For the folks listening, I mean, it is imperative, especially when you're dealing with something beyond, uh, I mean, a crutch is important, but when you're dealing with something like oxygen, that you really give some thought to who you're going to use, because the service delivery after the the item is there and the, and the follow through for all the years that you have that contract with that organization is super important in emergencies, especially with a lot of folks who are living alone and, and they're truly isolated and shut in and I mean, if you don't have a company that's willing to come help you or, or not able, um, you're going to be in big trouble. Yes, you are. Uh, you, you really are. And, and believe it or not, we actually got a few of those cases during this. <coughs> Excuse me. People who were traveling. They were just desperate, huh? Or they were, absolutely. Mm-hmm. They're like, look, I, I'm not even with your company. But, but help. But help. I can't. You know, what do I do? So, you know, we work with them the absolute best way that we can. Um, you know, we were going back to uh, Hurricane Matthew. We had a, a vent patient that was in Lumberton. We know uh, Lumberton was essentially cut off in certain areas. It still is. It, it, exactly. It still is. Um, our, you know, God bless him. Thank God for um, our manager in our Fayetteville store. He had a vent patient. This patient was without power, without any way to get to him. He would not stop. We eventually got in touch with the North Carolina National Guard who helped take us to this patient to get him in and get him out so that he could get to a hospital and get seen. Mm-hmm. We knew that patient was there even though everything else had been cut off. Mm-hmm. So at, at that point, and, and I'm not making us out to be something mm-hmm. we are not, 
But at that point, we were his lifeline. Yeah, that's a matter of life and death. It's, it is exactly right. And I, I echo Nicole's point. I think this is a reinforcement of where understanding that the things that we buy in our healthcare world are one thing. Who we work with, the relationships that we have uh, are really critical to the caregiver journey. You know, the caregiver journey is heavily relationally dependent, not just transactionally dependent. I can buy things in lots of places, but fundamentally on this caregiver journey, we need organizations and partners that will journey with us in that process. Uh, And if folks are looking for providers of those sorts of services, I would encourage them to to call Transitions Guiding Lights or or visit them uh, online at guidinglightsnc.org. You know, Willis, I'd love for you to give uh, the folks listening uh, an idea of how they can get a hold of you, um, give them an idea of how many stores are actually in your networks, because it is beyond done in Fayetteville that you mentioned. So if you could just talk for a moment or two about that, that would be great. Sure. Um, Family Medical has been, uh, this May will be our 27th uh, year in, in the business. We have 18 locations, primarily central and eastern North Carolina. Uh, so the most around here would be uh, our Cary location, our Raleigh location. We have a Clayton and Smithfield location. We have just opened a Durham location. So Where's the Durham location? As, as a guy that it, lives it, in Durham. It, it is that new. Don't ask me. I, I really don't I'll, know. I'll look for it on the way home tonight. <laughs> uh, yeah, literally, we have... When I say that, I'm within the last weeks, few weeks, we have just opened this up. So I've not. They don't let me go that far west. Well, they should. We're going to advocate. For that. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, so, but we do have 18 locations. Um, with me, I'm at the Dunn location. Uh, you know, our our telephone number is 910-892-3432. Um, and I would be happy to have. You know, if anyone has a question, I tell people all the time, and I really mean this. If you have a question. Please call and ask. I may not know the answer, but I I can find out. Willis Godwin, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Family Medical Supply is uh, the organization that he represents. And again, that phone number, 910-892-3432. That's the store in Dunn. We'll be back in just a bit. You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care, which was founded as Hospice of Wake County. You can find them online at transitionslifecare.org. This is News Radio 680 WPTF. You're listening to News Radio 680 WPTF. This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you. Uh, service of Transitions Life Care. You can find them online at transitionslifecare.org. Jason Kong here, Cooper Linton over there, Nicole Bruno over there. And guys, we've got a really neat event coming up here, and it's all about advanced directives. Absolutely, Jason. We are very excited to be able to offer to this community uh, through a partnership with the North Carolina Bar Association and the Community Partnership for Compassionate Care, a two-hour event on April the 8th. It starts at 11 a.m. and then repeats itself again at noon. So it's a two-hour event, but it's basically the same piece repeated one hour and then followed by another hour where people can come and get their advanced directives done at no charge. The documents will be provided for free. There will be legal advice. There'll be an attorney there at no charge. 
there will be a notary public. Again, no charge. We're even throwing in free pizza. So wow. this is about as low cost free, as you're free, ever going to get. It's a lot of freeze. <laughs> it's critical, though, that people have these advanced directives. And this is a personal passion of mine, but it's also a professional passion as we realize that the use of advanced directives in our community is much lower than it should be. This isn't just an old person thing. No, it's an adult thing. If you're over the age of 18, and really, most importantly, if you're over the age of 40, you need these two documents. Uh, You do not have to pay an outrageous attorney bill to do this. In fact, at this event, you don't have to pay an attorney bill at all. You come to this event, you get the documents done for free, execute them for free, get legal advice for free, and all you have to do at that point is then share copies of these documents with your loved ones, with your physician, have the tough conversations with your family, but the legal piece of it will be completed when you leave the event on the 8th. And it's at our offices on Trinity Road. Uh, The address is 250-250, Hospice Circle in Raleigh. Uh, You can just look up our website at transitionslifecare.org and get our address. There's even a little map to tell you how to get there. You know, I think there's a lot of confusion, though, about advanced directives, and this is something that I've encountered with many, many caregivers that I've worked with, and even older adults. They're really worried about naming someone to make decisions for them. They feel like they're giving up their rights. They feel like they're being taken away, and that once they do this... They can't make any more decisions. I agree with you, Nicole. I think there's the false perception that they're giving up power if they name a health care power of attorney. And it's actually just the opposite. They're maintaining their power because if you're silent, who's going to speak for you? Well, and I think especially older adults have this issue because they're losing so much control. They're losing physical mobility generally. They may be losing the ability to drive. And so this feels like yet another thing being taken away from them, the ability to make a choice. Absolutely, but in reality, the healthcare power of attorney is a document that has nothing to do with your finances. It's a document that allows you to delegate your authority to make decisions to someone that you designate, as opposed to just turning it loose to the statutory laws of North Carolina to determine who's going to be in charge. You get to pick and legally designate who's going to speak for you in the event that you can't speak for yourself. It's revocable. You can change your mind. Yeah, at any point. You know, I think if, you, if you're listening, you know, uh, you, and if you've had a surgery, they usually require you to, cr- to fill out one of these documents before a surgery. Now, everyone does that. You don't really think much about it. But the reality of it is, is once you come out of surgery and you're fine, that document is no longer in effect. So similarly, if, you know, something happens to you, I, I walk out of the station today, get hit by a car, I'm un- unconscious, and I've named somebody to, to make decisions for me. When I become conscious again, they stop making decisions for me, correct? Absolutely. This only takes effect when you are unable to speak for yourself. And it's such an important issue to me. The first legal document that my wife and I ever put together was our health care power of attorney and living will. Those documents actually were more important to us than a last will and testament because we're more likely to need a health care surrogate than we are a, a last will and testament. And so we we made that choice as a family that this was a critical thing for us, and we encourage other people to, to do the same. But more importantly, I think, you know, not only name somebody, 
make sure that person you name knows you name them. Oh, yes. <laughs> and make sure you have a discussion with that person about what your wishes are because you're going to put that person in an awfully difficult position if they've been named to make decisions for you and they didn't realize it. And then on top of that, they don't really know what you want. But you can fix that what you want piece mm-hmm. by executing the second part of that advanced directive, and that's the living will. So the first part is the health care power of attorney, and then the second document is the living will. And I like to refer to the first one as who, the who document, who's in charge if I'm not. The second is the what document, what do I want done or do I not want done for me? And I want to designate that, write that down in advance so that it's not just what someone remembers, but we've written this down. It's been notarized. I've signed it. I'm creating a legal document as a roadmap for what things I do and do not want in my care if I can't speak for myself. Yeah, and this is one of those things where I think the people listening who who maybe don't have these documents documents yet know that they need them, and it just kind of <laughs> nags at you and eats at you a, a, a little bit every time. And you're thinking, you know, I, I really need to get this done. And well, I've got time; I'll do it tomorrow. Exactly, or, or it's just something uncomfortable. You just don't want to think about it. Who wants to think about what's going to happen when you pass away? So, at the expense of being overly personal, we often talk about this as a professional show, but I, I feel compelled to share a personal story and that speaks to the urgency of having these documents put together. A number of years ago, I was having a, a New Year's Day uh, dinner with my mother and my son. And in the middle of that dinner, without any warning, without any previous health care issues, my mother suffered an intracranial bleed that was massive. So in the next two hours, we went from having a celebratory family dinner to standing in the emergency department at a major medical center where a doctor and I were having to make very serious life-altering decisions regarding care. Now, thankfully, both of my parents had executed their advance directives. They had communicated them with their families. They had kept the documents accessible. And I walked into that emergency department that day with my mother's living will and health care power of attorney. That was an incredible gift. And it was one we did not know I was going to need that day. But thankfully, they had planned in advance. And those documents were available. And we were able to act in my mother's behalf. It speaks to the urgency and the necessity of having these documents prepared, having those communications mm-hmm. to your it's point. It is an absolute gift to the people you love, and it's a gift to yourself to put somebody in charge of your care that you trust in the event that you're not able to execute your own wishes. And yeah. the, the trust is a huge one. You know, don't just name somebody that you think um, you have to name just because of their position in the family. You know, my eldest child must, or my spouse must sometimes some of those people that are closest to you can't look at it objectively and can't fall through on your wishes ask them if they're willing to do this and Mm -hmm. do they have the moxie to get it done so again april the 8th uh at 11 o'clock or at noon on that saturday come get these documents done free pizza yeah, that's uh, it's a great opportunity for not, not just to get uh, you know peace of mind, but these are some really important documents, and it, it's a great service that you guys are providing. Real quick, uh, Nicole, mm-hmm. we've got the Caregiver Summit coming up, right? Yes, yes. So we are going to be lifting the veil on those summits very, very soon. We've talked a little bit about those here on the show. Full-day conferences uh, for caregivers in our community providing respite resolution resources and just a quick little teaser on dates coming up in the website for more information uh, the first is on june 13th in raleigh at the mckinman's conference center the next is june 20th in durham at the durham convention center 
The next is August 22nd in Chapel Hill at the Friday Center, and the last is October 3rd in Lillington at Campbell University. And registration will open for the first two conferences towards the end of this month. For more information, you can visit our website at caregiverssummit.org. Yes, that's caregiverssummit.org. Two S's in there at the end of givers and the beginning of summit. You can find a link to that and all the dates listed at WPTF.com and go to the Aging Matters section. You'll find the full list there as well as past episodes that you can go back and listen to. We also want to thank Willis Godwin of Family Medical Supply for joining us on the program today. Again, you can find his store of Family Medical Supply in Dunn. You can reach them by the phone at 910-892-3432. Again, 910-892-3432. Thank you so much for listening this evening. We are out of times. Thank you so much for listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care, which was founded as Hospice of Wake County. Find them online at transitionslifecare.org. You're listening to News Radio 680 WPTF.